Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone, hour number two of the show. Hey, big win for the Titans yesterday. It wasn't pretty, but they got it done. They're 3-2 and two now. So the Jags are 0-5, and, and the Colts have got a win. They play tonight, so you probably all need to be Ravens fans. Knock the Colts down, keep them at one win. Texans played well, just not well enough to beat the Patriots yesterday. They have one win. So uh, if the Colts are able to lose tonight, the uh, Titans would continue on with a two-game cushion. Uh, they are entering a very tough part of the schedule right now. They got to host the Bills, who beat the brakes off Kansas City last night. They beat the brakes off of Kansas City. Uh, and then they host Kansas City. After the rain delay. Yeah. I stayed up and watched it all because I don't sleep. You said you, you had to tap oh, out. I, yeah, I had to tap out. When they, they said, I mean, it got 30 minutes in. I was like, yeah, I think I got, I, I think it's going to be a good one. Second half, I missed it. <laughs> Dang. But I saw, I saw how they put a whooping on You said they knocked some players out. Kelsey got knocked out. Uh, Tyreek Hill got hurt in the game. It, so the running back got injured. He sprained his MSU. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I saw that. He's a good little back. I thought he might have a little more impact than what he's had. I loved watching him in college. Oh, yeah, he was awesome. Um, on the championship team, man. But uh, Kansas City, why are they two and three now? Two and three. The Chargers look like the, uh, world beaters right now. So do the Bills. So the Titans have got the Bills next. And I, I read this graphic. If you're just getting in the car, you're just joining us. The Bills are the top scoring offense in the league. They're the top scoring defense in the league. And they got more takeaways than anybody. And they got they have just stars and people playing their roles everywhere on the team. And Blaine got into the depth of their defensive line. There's just so many guys they keep throwing at you. And they got two, two safeties who probably aren't going to get this ink and Pro Bowl talk. But both of those dudes are so well-rounded. Yeah, very versatile. Can do everything really good. So you got the Bills. They have really two real good corners. Two good corners. Slot guy Johnson, too. He's pretty solid. You got the Bills. Then you got Kansas City. And here's the thing. There's going to be Bills fans everywhere in town again. So I know you make a lot of money selling your tickets. But, man, come on now. Don't don't give the Bills. Oh, money. yeah. Bills, man, give, yeah. They're going to jump on tables and break stuff. The mafia. And, no, yes. the Mafia cannot take over. Don't no do way, it. No way, no how. Don't do it. Mm-mm. Uh-uh. Don't do it. Uh, so the Bills are coming here for Monday night. One thing about this, Blaine, I thought about it. Vrabel actually mentioned it today. Maybe that extra day, that one extra day, can help a couple of these guys just get a little more rest. A couple of these injured guys. Maybe just a tad more rest. That's what me and Dice was talking about on Titans Radio. Yeah. 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 Oh, no. It's, it, it turned into almost like 48 hours. They had to fly back. Well, and think about this. Yeah. How long was that game delayed? Oh, I know. I mean, no, fa- hell, yeah. hell yeah. Oh, people think, oh, that doesn't matter. Yeah, it, does, it matter. does matter. Oh, every little bit of time. Oh, my. Yeah. It matters. So, yeah, we have till Monday night to get fresh. Mm-mm, and healthy, and all. Yeah, these like hamstring stuff is is getting a little concerning. And all the stuff is happening in the actual games too. So that's ooh, ooh. I don't know. I don't know if you can say, oh, just take care of better your body. But when it's in it, it's happening in the games. I don't know what they're doing, but it's tough. Ooh, just cold tub hydration stretching. Like if it's just an epidemic of hamstrings, there's a lot of hamstrings. What did you do? What did you see guys do to try to not have those problems? Mm. <laughs> I, I never had really any ever issues with my hamstring. I, but I mean, you were a big cold tub guy. Yeah, I did the cold tub, but, I mean, that's not going to – I mean, after I, – I don't know why some of these guys are breaking out. I just think – And young guys, got, too. Yeah, I just think guys are just not taking care of themselves when they're young in their careers. 
they don't understand the magnitude of getting hydrated to stretch and to doing all those maintenance things, you know, the cupping, the needling, the, I mean, you name it, deep tissue. And that stuff uh, doesn't feel good, does it? A lot of, you know, central nervous system that you attack mm-hmm. that people don't understand that part of it, that they got to make sure they get those kind of deep tissue massages that it gets into your nervous system. Look, little secret there. I ask you about those. I'm like, oh, yeah. massage. You're like, this don't feel good. Nah. You need to understand. This ain't. This nah, is not this, good. Is, no. this is this is how your eyes in, in tears now. Oh. But you're trying to realign and everything else, getting it back and all connected so everything's working at, at a premium. This is what happens. You get injured. You don't know it. You know, it's just a little glitch. It's, you know, just think of yourself like a robot. A lot of these guys, then you're young. You think, oh, I can overcome it. There's nothing. There's no big deal. I just look tight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't go get no treatment. You don't do nothing. You know, because you think, oh, well, I played the whole game. I'm fine. Instead of staying on top of it and staying ahead of the curve so something doesn't happen. And so there's a lot of different things, but sometimes it just happens and there's nothing you can do. It's just absolutely nothing. Uh, so luckily, you know, these guys aren't serious. And when I say serious, I mean like it's torn off the bone. Yeah. You know, so they are strained it and it's probably two or three weeks with the proper treatment to – get back out there and slowly navigate. One thing Dyson brought up, which was valid, is that now it's weak. And that's now the, the susceptibility of getting hurt again because mm-hmm. it's not you're strong. Right. It's, it's highly likely. So you got to be real careful when you go back out there trying to go full blast. You got to ease into it, work that muscle and get it strong, not only the muscle, but all the muscles around it. The other thing that both of you guys brought up on the postgame show last night was this when we were talking about it. People are just bigger and faster. Like yeah, that's the human body is being asked to carry more mass faster than it's ever been asked to carry in the history of mankind for NFL football anyway. Those people uh, are bigger than they've ever been. Yeah, so that that's a huge point for them since then. I think that's why we're seeing so so many more injuries. And even not just, you know, strains and hamstring, you know, tears. I think just in general. Because yeah. it's going around the league. Yeah. It's not just the Titans. So we can sit here and say, oh, it's the training or this, the training staff, the weightlifting, it's the individual. Ultimately, it comes down to the individual. Learn how to take care of your body so you can perform at the highest level. Just, man. I mean, you know, then you're talking about in a game if somebody's groin, hamstring, quad. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, what? A couple quads. I was like, what is, how do you, your quad? Racy McMath got quadded. Oh, man. Oh, they just, oh. When I was playing, I used to be like, man, you ain't taking care of your body, man. How do you strain your hamstring? <laughs> I had no, I mean, get him on, man. What are you doing, man? You dehydrated? You weren't dehydrated when I saw you uh, drinking those brewskis. <laughs> Bro, come on, man. <laughs> They're just not using the proper hydration methods. It's not yeah. what you're getting at. Yeah, so I, you know, hey, man. <laughs> I can't even tell you. I, I wish I had the recipe, boy. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be, really, be you'd be rich. rich right I'd be your assistant. Yeah. Man. Uh, Bam is on the line. Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline. I think he wants to talk about these bills who are about to come to town. What's going on, Bam? Yo, yo. What's up, everybody? Everybody, all right? Yes, sir. Man, um, I, I want to touch on this when it comes to the Titans. For some strange reason, man, I'm always nervous about the game like the Jags and the Jets or the Bengals or, you know, teams that really, um, I guess you would say, don't have the same aspirations or, you know, may not make it to the final dance, you know. But for some reason against the Bills, I'm not really that nervous. I don't know why, you know, even though they're playing on all cylinders and they're firing on all cylinders right now, 
we always play up and we play super chippy against them or find a way to get in their head to win. Even though this is a different Josh Allen, I just kind of feel like the Titans will kind of find a way to pull it out. I don't know why we do that. It's very nerve-wracking to watch yes. every week. Yeah. yeah no, no. It's, I mean, yeah, that's a great point. Because into the abyss. That does happen. Bam, you know call. why that concerns me just as much as him? That means you're playing up to the love of the competition. And to me, that's a recipe for disaster. And when I say that, I'm saying that the good teams play at a certain level all the time. Yeah. We want to see consistency all the way through, whether you're playing a middle-of-the-road team to a poorest team to a really good team, which the Bills right now probably have to be the best AFC team out there. It may be the best team in the NFL. I mean, <laughs> they got to be up there. Yeah. Uh, I would say Allen's up for MVP with Kyler Murray. I mean, there's a lot of things going on with this team. It's really good. Uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm hoping that does happen because he's right. I, I mean, I, I can't even believe it. I think that's it didn't matter who's the coach, though. Really, that's kind of happened throughout all the coaches that has been through here. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully they have their best then. Have yet to string together two great halves in a game, the Titans, through five games. So if they played one good half or, or, or the other good half, but not two, not two really good halves. Maybe that can happen Monday night. Maybe they will finally trend there. Uh, John Glennon can discuss all that and more as he's coming up next right here. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5 The Zone. Blaine and Mickey, 104.5, the zone big win for the Titans yesterday over the Jaguars. Uh, lots to get to within that. John Glennon joins us now, Sports Illustrated. JG, how in the world are you, man, on this beautiful Monday? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. It is indeed a beautiful Monday. How are you guys doing? Doing great. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, how did we get here with the Titan offensive line? And I ask you that, John, because... Like the defense is all new guys. I mean, and and we can certainly get into what their issues are. But if somebody had said, "Okay, look at this offensive line. It's a bunch of veterans. Even Questenberry played a lot last year, and then everybody else is playing the spot that they've been playing." I wonder why that particular unit is struggling like it is, especially in the pass game. That is a very fair question because you know, in addition to you know the the veterans coming back. You also had Taylor Lewan coming back after after missing so many games, and yeah. you know while we expected it, you know it might might be a while before he's a hundred percent. You know we thought in general that would certainly make the line even that much better returning. Uh, um, but you know oddly, I think we've seen uh, a bit of regression. You know, and and um, for one reason or another, I, th- I think Nate Davis, the, the right guard, really seems to be the guy that's struggling a, a fair bit you know at this point and, and it's hard to, to put a finger on exactly what's going on there and then you know you've got a couple of the veterans and in, in Roger Saffold and, and Ben Jones who are kind of continually battling uh, injuries and and you know it, it seems hard to, to fully get healthy you know we've seen Saffold leave a few games early here and Ben Jones I want to say one or, or two uh, the same and then you throw in the fact that Taylor Lowan just now seems to be coming around, you know, getting closer to, to where he was. I guess you put all that together, you know, and, and maybe that's the the, uh, the difference. Now, I will say all that said, and the fact that I know they, that three sacks were allowed, uh, uh, given up or allowed on, on Sunday, 
Uh, I did actually think overall the pass protection was better, you know, than we have seen in, a, you know, some of the other games this year. One of the most interesting things about all that, and, and every day Blaine and I talk about Titan stuff, and all roads seem to me to lead to Dylan Radins, who's <laughs> who's a healthy guy who was scratched in some – every time, John, we could be talking about Gatorade flavors, and I could somehow find my way back to Dylan Radins. This isn't a shot at him, but – at least nine other offensive linemen have, have played in a game. Like, even Lamb played a snap on the goal line yesterday on the O-line. So, at least nine guys. So, he's at number 10, second-round draft pick. And it's not like, J.G., they haven't really needed some help on the O-line. He played a lot in the preseason, and that dude's just been on a milk carton since then. Yeah, he really is. So so far, that's the situation. You know, you wanted to say with Raiden's will, hey, at least he's going to wind up playing more snaps than the guy they picked in the first round last year for that spot. Well, it's still a little bit of a toss-up right now, actually. We're not certain about that, sadly. Um, you know, and, and the, the reports that we get from Raiden's are, are all good in terms of work ethic, and, and he's learning, you know, and, and uh, you know, he's getting better and better. But the fact remains that he's just clearly not ready for for prime time at this point and you know this is the stage we, we, we mentioned you know some of the injuries to you know saffold and and to, to ben jones and uh some of the other players up front and, and also some of the reserves now you know ty Sembrello missed the game uh aaron brewer is out you know so it's getting thinner and thinner on the offensive line and yeah, you have a guy here that that you picked in the second round that you gave plenty of snaps to both at tackle and at guard yeah. during training camp and and in the preseason. And they are very very hesitant, you know, obviously to to put Dylan Radens in the game. And you know, it has to be has to be disappointing. I mean, I don't think we necessarily expected him to be a first day starter, you know, at, at tackle, but we certainly expected him to compete for a first-day starter job, and if he wasn't, you know, to increase snaps throughout the season. So my way of thinking, he is, he's certainly behind the curve. Uh, you know, like I say, the good thing is, you know, the attitude, the effort are all there as opposed to Isaiah Wilson. Um, but, boy, just not uh, not ready for prime time, as I say. John Glennon, always ready for prime time, covering the Titans for Sports Illustrated and our guest right now on Blaine and Mickey Talking Titans. Well, J.G., man, what was your takeaway defensively for the Titans and how much rushing yardage uh, they were giving up? Yeah, it's kind of weird. You know, for, for most of the games this year, we have talked about, uh, you know, the, the rushing defense pretty solid for the most part, had been coming around getting better, whereas, you know, you were really concerned about the secondary you know, it was one big play after another uh, in, the, in the passing game. And then things kind of got flipped uh, yesterday. Certainly they gave up the one big pass play. But for the most part, you know, I thought their cornerbacks played pretty well uh, against Jacksonville, but they could not, you know, the, the entire team, and I guess especially the front seven, could not stop James Robinson for the most part outside of that, that big goal line play. Uh, could not stop Jacksonville's running game, and I think it was a combination of things. You know, Mike Vrabel today mentioned uh, he counted up 15 missed tackles uh, in the in the run game, which is which is huge, obviously. But we also saw, you know, guys filling the wrong gap, uh, guys taking bad angles, um, you know, and and just just mental errors. I I thought as well. So. 
surprising to me that they struggled so much in the run game because I thought, you know, that that was a, a pretty decent strength coming into that contest. Well, with John Glennon uh, with SI.com and Glennon Sports, uh, of course, uh, I, I guess, you know, most of us are concerned, as you mentioned, about the offensive line and uh, their health and the injuries. But, man, you think Henry can continue to, to break all these NFL records and keep this pace of how many carries he's carrying this early in the season? It's pretty incredible, isn't it? it? Is. I mean, yeah. the the uh, if you want to look at the, uh, the, the positive side of it, you know, uh, Derrick Henry, you know, he's got 640 rushing yards in five games. So he's on pace. If you, if you put that over 17, that's almost 2,200 yards, which would, of course, break NF, uh, Eric Deckerson's uh, all-time NFL record. If you want to look at things on the other hand, he's had 142 carries in five games, and he's on pace for 483 carries if you do that over 17. And the record, the NFL record, is only 416. Uh, so he would smash, obliterate the NFL record there. You know, it, but what, what's crazy about Derrick Henry is, is how many of us can ever remember him, and, and I hope I don't jinx him, but ever remember him, you know, limping off the field or, or you know, favoring any kind of, of injury whatsoever, despite this incredible amount of, of carries that he has, he just keeps going back and back. And, you know, he's a, he's a machine and you, and you got to hand it to him as far as conditioning and, and uh, the way he prepares himself, but still, still all that said, man, I, I think at some point they have to find a way to, to cut back, you know, especially, you know, you add the extra game, you know, 17 games here this season, uh, you know, I think they have to find a way to, to get the passing game going a little bit more. Uh, one, because it'll open more lanes for Derrick Henry. Yep. You know, we'll see less of the zero-yard runs and the stuffs and, and so forth. Uh, and, and B, you know, I, I think it balances out that offense a, a little bit too. I think, uh, you know, defenses are, are just cramming so many defenders into the box right now on a regular basis. And they're saying, even though you've got Ryan Tannehill and and A.J. Brown and so forth, we don't care. We're going to stop Derrick Henry, and if you beat us with the pass, you beat us with the pass. So at at some point, the Titans are going to have to find a way to beat teams with the pass in addition to beating them with with Derrick Henry. And, you know, maybe that's when Julio Jones gets back and A.J. Brown is at full strength. But at some point, they they need to to balance things out just a, a little bit more. One bright spot on defense, or there were a few of them, uh, was Landry and his play really consistent throughout uh, these first five games. Uh, man, I mean, he's definitely going to get a huge payday. But you think it's going to be with the Titans? He keeps this up. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the question. I'm sure the uh, the Titans want that to be the case right now uh, because boy, he is really uh, getting after the passer. You know, I think uh, especially in the in the passing game, he is. Uh, excelling, you know, four and a half sacks in, in five games. He's always been a guy who's had a lot of pressures, but not necessarily a lot of sacks, uh, you know, and, and, you know, sometimes that's okay. You know, if you pressure a quarterback, sometimes you're causing incompletions and so forth. But, you know, you talked about contracts, and when it comes to the, the big money, it usually tends to go to the guys who have the big sack numbers, not necessarily – a whole lot of pressures. 
So the fact that that Harold Landry is on a you know a pace to to have a career high in sacks is also uh, going to be very nice for for his bank account. Uh, and we'll see you know whether the Titans try to do anything in season with him. I, I tend to think you know they they probably would wait until the end of the season. That's that's generally the way they do business, but. You never know. Uh, you know, that, that price tag, if he keeps playing like this, is only going to keep going up as the season goes on. Well, with John Glennon with Glennon Sports and SI.com. John, a lot of the talk last year about Kevin Byard was, gosh, where's the Kevin Byard of old? And, and Sunday was certainly one of those classic Byard performances. He, he had a pick, which, by the way, was number 20 in his career, which moved him ahead of the other KB, Keith Bullock, uh, for 15th all-time on the Titans list. But he had 10 tackles. He had a scoop and score. Uh, I mean, he, he was a huge part of the goal line stand, what, maybe on the third down play. Uh, they got reviewed. Mm-hmm. I mean, he looked a lot like, gosh, he saved a touchdown. on the. I'm, I'm just sitting here naming one thing after the other. It was a nice day for Kevin Byard. Yeah, it, it really was. I'm glad you mentioned that, that saving the uh, the touchdown on the – you know, on the on the tackle too. I mean, that was just a great display of not giving up on a play, even though it looked like he was, you know, kind of kind of edged out of the way. But uh, he he managed to uh, you know catch up to uh, to Robinson pretty well on on that also. But yeah, what they really want from from Kevin Byard is that old ball hawk guy, and and certainly we saw a little bit of that ball hawk yesterday. Um, you you look at it and say, okay, you know. Is it a little bit of luck that he just happens to be around that football, picks it up, and 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 ends up scoring with it, uh, you know, or or was it, uh, you know, the fact that Trevor Lawrence just basically threw him a pass towards the end of the game? But <laughs> you know, at, at at the end of the at the end of the day, you know, those are still turnovers; they still count, and it's a guy who's around the ball all the time who winds up, uh, you know, with those kind of plays and. You know, that's what Kevin Byard was doing when he was at his best probably, you know, a couple seasons uh, ago. And, and now you look at the numbers and all of a sudden two picks in just five games. He only had one pick all of last season. Um, you know, and, and you mentioned the scoop and score certainly, and that that's big. And if they can get that that ball hawk uh, Kevin Byard guy back and, and then, you know, maybe bring Imani Hooker back in to, to compliment him here down the line, you know they're in, they're in pretty good shape back there. You know we're talking about guys who are playing, and there's you mentioned briefly Julio Jones, and there was AJ on a pitch count yesterday, and Byer doesn't have a Hooker back there with him, and Bud Dupree was the biggest investment they made this off season. He's played in one game. I know Titans fans are nervous about the way things are going, but this you know to use a Star Wars reference, this Battle Star has been nowhere near fully operational. I just wonder what's going to happen when they get all the lasers firing properly. <laughs> nicely done. Very nicely done. <laughs> exactly. I'll, mic, I'll mic drop give it to Blaine after this. <laughs> there you go. Um, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Um, you know, and, and it's uh, disappointing, too, of course, that, you know, some of the big names, of course, too, the, the, the players that Titans fans were so excited about, you know, Julio Jones on offense, Bud Dupree on defense that, you know, either we haven't necessarily seen them at their best or we haven't seen them at all, uh, you know, in, in some games too. And, you know, you have to ask the question, uh, I, I think, and I have asked the question of, of Mike Vrabel too, whether some of these guys, when, I mean, we've seen a number of these guys that were nursing injuries in, in training camp and in the preseason, whether they came back too early, you know, and, and tried to, uh, 
whether whether it was you know they just wanted to play so badly or or what it was that that you know maybe it should have been a slower ramp up uh to get back to full strength because you know we're seeing some of the same injuries that they were dealing with and then presumably were beyond well they're still bothering them now uh, um and that that's you know it's got to be concerning um it, it was probably good to see bud dupree even though he had practiced during last week I think in the long run, it's going to benefit him, you know, not to play the game as he did on Sunday. And then who knows, maybe it's a, it's another game. He, he sits out too, but you know, some of these guys, I think, I think you'd rather see them at, at, you know, close to 100% anyway, as opposed to, you know, maybe 60 or 70% and with the chance of, of increasing those injuries or, you know, aggravating injuries uh, when they go back out there. So, uh, yeah, it'll it'll be very interesting to see when these big guns are firing because, as we all know, the uh, the next four games are uh, are no cakewalk uh, for the Tennessee Titans. That's very true. John Glennon, our guest, covers the Titans for Sports Illustrated at Glennon Sports, and you do want to follow him on Twitter for sure. Well, it looked like uh, Johnson, the receiver there, was a, a big help uh, offensively. What did you think of his performance? I guess his first uh, you know time out there with the Titans in a regular season game. Yeah, I, was, I thought it was uh, it was very good because you know uh, as you guys know and and you know we're out there watching uh, Marcus Johnson during training camp too and and it was just day after day that you know he seemed to you know make a, a standout play or at least be very consistent you know he looked like he and, and Ryan Tannehill had some great chemistry going and then boom you know got a guy who had been injury free all the way up till you know, right near the season has that hamstring strain and, and you just wonder how much that would set him back. But I thought it was a really good start for him. You know, he certainly got more activity out there than I would have thought uh, coming back. You know, I think he had the most snaps of any wide receiver, far more than, than say Josh Reynolds, um, you know, which was an interesting situation as well. Uh, and, and again, you know, I, I think uh, we saw that chemistry he's had with uh, with Ryan Tannehill. So he was a big boost uh, to a to, to a team that didn't have, uh, you know, Julio Jones. That, that you know, Josh Reynolds is he a hundred percent or not? I'm I'm not sure. And of course, Nick Westbrook missed the game too. Uh, so and Racy McMath. So they really needed some help there at wide receiver. And, and Marcus Johnson stepped up. And you know, here's a guy. You know, you look at the the signings they had or the trades they have and in acquiring Julio Jones and Josh Reynolds and those captured the headlines, Marcus Johnson didn't, didn't get a lot of, uh, of headlines, but uh good, good contribution in his, uh, in his first game yesterday. Yes, he did. Uh, one with John Glennon, Glennon sports and SI.com starting to see a little contribution, uh, whether it be an injury or not from uh, Molden and Farley, they at least getting their feet wet out there and getting it, hopefully start getting some confidence and into a groove, uh, uh, didn't do anything spectacular. What Molden did would cause fumble, but didn't give up any big plays either. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that was, you know, clearly the big concern the Titans had with Elijah Molden, because in a lot of ways, you know, he, he was your, your classic nickel corner, you know, coming into the league and, and in training camp, you know, he certainly looked like he was very good. Kind of the the one question that hadn't been answered about Elijah Molden was how he would stand up against vertical speed and that wasn't answered very well, unfortunately, for Elijah in the first couple of games. You know, there were some some deep passes that he got beat on, uh, you know, for for a couple of touchdowns. So I think they kind of had to maybe sit him down for a little bit and say, okay, 
uh, you know, we're going to have to attack defenders a little bit differently. You're going to have to, to uh, you know, develop some techniques to sort of offset the fact that you're not necessarily, a, you know, a 4-4 guy or anything like that. And yesterday, you know, in, in limited snaps, I think he had about 23, but, uh, you know, according to, to, uh, to PFF, uh, give up three catches, but I want to say only 13 yards total, which is, you know, outstanding, uh, caused that, that fumble as well. Um, you know, and then, yeah, uh, Caleb Farley coming in late, uh, you know, for, for Christian Fulton. I thought he was very, very competitive, you know, um, defended well on, on a play uh, or two there in the in the end zone. Uh, Mike Vrabel, as, as he is wont to do with rookies, did make sure to point out right away today that, that uh, Caleb did have a uh, penalty that, you know, that uh, negated an interception uh, as well. But I think he, too, was in, encouraged overall by Caleb Farley. And I don't, I don't think anybody is doubting the skills of Farley, but um, it's just a question of, you know, he, he missed so much time in the off season and, and really through training camp and in the early part of this season, you know, practice time um, and, and game reps as well. It's, it's just catching up on that, that learning curve, I think. Yeah, no doubt about it. And lastly, I have to ask you, what did you think about that being a defensive guy, that goal line stand? Ooh, that was pretty impressive. <laughs> pretty impressive. Pretty impressive indeed. And, you know, I I really thought, uh, you know, that, that turned the game right there. It looked like the Jags were, were certainly gaining some momentum, you know, and, and another score makes things uh, interesting there at that point. But, you know, uh, Big Tier Tart, got to give him props there. Yeah. Um, did a great job of, of penetration and, and forced the, you know, the ball carrier to change his, his path just a little bit. And, and Chris Jackson, you know, you, on goal line stands, you don't generally think of, of quarterbacks coming up big, but uh, he made a great play, uh, attacked the running back and, and took him down, uh, you know, as soon as his path changed. So, you know, we've seen over the over the years here, there have been some memorable yeah. goal line stands, um, you know, for the Titans or some fourth down, key fourth down stops, whether on the goal line or not. So that was another one uh, that, that will go down. That's a, that's a spot that, you know, despite the fact the defense hasn't always been great, to me that they, they do tend to, uh, you know, play, play pretty well in some critical situations like that. JG, good stuff. Uh, SI.com covering the Titans. People can follow you. Always some really good stat dumps after games. I really enjoy sorting through all that. At Glennon Sports uh, on Twitter for anybody who's looking for that kind of content, and everybody should be. Thank you, man. We'll talk again soon. Appreciate it, JG. Okay, thanks, guys. Yes, sir. John Glennon. Uh, When we come back, what did Mike Vrabel say today about Derrick Henry's workload? What did he say about it? We'll hit that. Also, uh, Calvin Cheatham County. On the Mark Spain Real Estate Hotline, we'll take calls as well. 615-737-1045. Blaine and Mickey, 1045 is on 3HL coming up next. They're going to keep you entertained all the way to 6 o'clock today. You can just revel in some... Good times with those guys. They're going to make you laugh, and you'll learn some stuff, too. Calvin and Cheatham County, before we hear from Mike Vrabel, he got asked about Derrick Henry's workload today, uh, and everybody's talking about that. You'd be interested to hear what Mike Vrabel has to say, but first, let's be interested in what Calvin and Cheatham County has to say. Calvin, appreciate the phone call. Uh, thanks for taking my call, Mickey. Yeah, man. And uh, uh, So the question is how loaded, 
I mean, y'all know I'm fully vested in this team, and I, I was happy to get the win. You know, it was a rough, rough way to get it. We had a lot of guys out, but I'm trying to figure out Mike Grable, man. I really am. <laughs> Me too. Uh, we got a high praise, like a high standard, if you will, Jeff Fisher. You know, he didn't win us the Super Bowl, but he was a great man. We really knew a lot about him. He was our first coach, and he was obviously a motivator. And then we had Wizard Hunt, and, I mean, that was awful, some of the worst time to ever be a fan. And then Malarkey kind of propped us out of that. He was a player's coach. And I kind of had a – I kind of liked Malarkey. I thought he was a good deal. I didn't, I didn't think the firing of him in the playoffs after losing the playoffs was necessary. But we get Brable. He's got a resume. But this bravado he has, and he doesn't make it easy when he doesn't answer questions. It's like well, he gets all the praise when we win, and when he loses, he expects no negativity. And, and that rubs me the wrong way. And I'm trying to understand, is he a player's coach? Is he a motivator? He's certainly not a play caller. You know, they did a little bit better with putting Henry on the field on third down. But Brable rubs me the wrong way, and I don't want him to because I really love this team. But I just think he's going to get us into a mess. Calvin, thanks for the phone call. Who was it that had rub you the right way? Was that Johnny Gill or Keith Sweat or who was that? Uh, I don't know. Oh, <laughs> oh somebody's going to kill me for this. <laughs> no, no. I'm never trying to tag uh, music with uh, sports uh, in this case. So you're talking about rubbing. It's Johnny Gill. <laughs> rub you the right way, Johnny Gill. <laughs> so this Vrabel's the anti-Johnny Gill for uh, Calvin and Cheatham County. Yeah. I think being a head coach actually is a tough job because, you know, when you lose, you get all the blame. And then when you win, you got to say that it was the coaches. I mean, the the players as well as the coaches. Uh, and I think he's trying to protect them when they get injured. You, get, you know, doesn't want to put out information to help them out. Uh, so I'm not around him enough to know what he is, to be honest. Uh, all I, I could say is he, he does a good job of, of managing the team. I would say uh, he's a vocal leader. You know where you stand. And I think he's a guy that would resonate with me in that he's a guy about doing your job and be disciplined and fundamentally sound. I think that that resonates with me a lot. And uh, to me, it didn't really matter who was the head coach, to be honest. Once you understand that the NFL is business and this is not college, then now it's not about really anything else but you and you doing your job and maximizing your talent and, and to get paid. To be honest, that's it. Uh, and you want to win. You want to get a ring. You want to live out a boyhood dream of playing in the Super Bowl and win one. So those are the things I kind of focused on. It really didn't matter. I was self-motivated, and most of these guys are. Uh, maybe some not as much as others. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, don't, I don't think it really mattered to me if you were the you know, player's coach or not. I mean, Let's, uh, he is a player's coach named Derrick Henry. We we got to hit this before we go, and then we got to go. But this is what Mike Vrabel said today about, is he worried about too much workload for Derrick Henry? doesn't seem like anybody's worried about it. Here's Mike Vrabel. Well, I mean, I think that they, you know, I think that's how some of those games go. You know what I mean? You're trading punches early, and maybe there's there's a couple hits, and we're giving some, they're, they're giving some. But, you know, I haven't really charted it, but I do know that, you know, his conditioning level and what allows him to, to, to hit those runs just as hard late in the game as they as he does early, you know, is a testament to him and, and what he's been able to do to, to prepare for the football game. Kind of along those lines, too, how important was it that yesterday the game that Todd called seemed to use a lot of the pass in the first half to set up the run later on? It kind of seemed to kind of loosen up the defense in the second half. Well, I mean, I think you know, 
know, that that's that's you know part of the plan is Ryan getting us in the right call. Um, you know, I felt like we had a a good plan in the red zone to get things going. Ryan was decisive with the ball. I thought we were good on third down. You know, and, and, and need to be you know better. You know, we need to be better. There were some plays, some passes that that we'd like to have back and like to be able to hit. You know, so those that's just continue to be a work in progress. People talking about Derrick Henry, uh, like a lot of people, just saying, well, that's just kind of what happens in the course of the game. We just got to keep handing it to number twenty-two to win. <laughs> Boy, they handed it to well, him a lot. Because that's what he's been doing, and I think that's what he, I think that's when when he interviews with the media. I think he's always guarded in that. He's trying to not let anything that can be interpreted that he says in a different manner than what he wants. Yes. Uh, and that's what all the coaches are doing. That's why we kind of feel like we're hearing the same things just in different ways. Uh, and really, that's where you try to keep out all the, let's say, cancer out of your locker room and those seeping in because everybody now is reading social media because in my day, you may not have even known what the coach said. you right. got to read it in the paper maybe, or maybe you didn't read the paper. He didn't <laughs> say, you know, so now so on social media, as soon as he says something, you can go on there and read it and be like, what? He threw us under the bus. You know, like Urban Meyer said, our quarterback can't quarterback sneak. Yeah, and he went to Vegas and I didn't say anything. Right. I mean, you, you just can't say that, even if it was true. And Urban Meyer could have been, it could have been right. I mean, I don't know, but you can't say that. See, so that's where Vrabel's way ahead of the curve on him. He need to give his uh, his uh, mentor there who gave him a shot some some advice. Well, it's time for us to take our advice and pack it up and uh, for tomorrow. 3HL coming up next. We got uh, Blake Topmeyer tomorrow. Also, Coach Mack. Going to be a big Tuesday. Don't miss it. All right. Be safe out there. Happy Monday. Tighten up. And peace. <laughs>